My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show. Friends and family from around the country and literally around the world, this is another episode with your host, David J. Harris, Jr. And today, friends, I've got to tell you, uh, this is the highlight. This is one of the highlights of all the podcasts, all the shows that I've ever got to do. This man is, uh, he's, he's means more to me, I think, than he'll ever know. When we get to heaven, he'll understand exactly how much his life, his ministry, his dedication, uh, his, uh, his revelatory uh, interpretation, understanding scripture, just making it so simple and just seeing things that you've read in scripture so many times. And then he'll share it in just a little different way. And it's like, wow, absolutely amazing. Uh, he's been a mentor to me. He was my pastor for over two decades. When I lived in Redding, California, it is my pastor, Bill Johnson from Bethel Church in Redding. Pastor Bill, oh my goodness. Thank so you. So good to have you on with me today. How are you doing? I'm good. It's good to see you. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be able to talk to you face to face, at least through a screen anyway. It's, uh, it's just fun. Well. Yes, you you are in Northern California, my hometown, born and raised there. Yeah. Uh, you are, but you're in California, so you're in yeah. the middle of the the shutdown um, in Reading. How are? Let's yeah. before we get into that, let me just ask you: How are you doing right now with the with the uh, if the way the results are looking like for me personally? I'm still holding out for a miracle. I'm still believing that there's going to be enough uh, enough truth and enough exposed that Donald Trump, you know me, I'm an avid supporter of the president, is going to stay our president. But if things continue the way they look like they're going with Joe Biden uh, becoming president, how are you personally doing with that direction? Well, it would be a great disappointment, no question. Uh, and and it's not uh, personality versus personality or party versus party. Uh, there's just a lot of issues at stake about life, about the values as a nation, where we're headed, our future. A lot of things are at stake and that are very critical to me. Um, if he is to actually become uh, president, then I will honor him and uh, pray for him, not against him, pray for him. Uh, in every way I know how, but I will also be upfront and honest about policies, decisions, uh, personnel uh, that war against the purpose of God. But but I would do that with any president, regardless of who's, doesn't matter who's in office, I'm going to outwardly and privately support them and honor them but and give thanks as the scripture demands, but also at the same time be very, very uh up front about things that just simply cannot go. Uh, they, they cannot be practiced as a nation. We've got to fix these things. So so you'll get both sides, both sides from me. Well, and I've always loved and appreciated that about you. You know, pray for those who are in leadership over us. The, the, the Bible instructs us to do that. Yet for me, being not in the church walls, me being out in media, out in this space, in politics, uh, to see so many pastors around the country that don't have that attitude. So many pastors that literally use their platform to actually bash Donald Trump, to bash him based on the fake news, uh, to bash him and, and, and inadvertently then show their support uh, for you know Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. 
where do you think the breakdown is with so many leaders in the Christian community that didn't see things for just policy that saw something else? And instead of supporting the most pro-life president that we've, I believe, ever had, at least in our lifetime, uh, they were basically throwing their weight behind Joe and Kamala that are, to, in my opinion, personally, a lot of things that are just anti-Christ, literally. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's it's disheartening to see it, but it it's the product of the media. You know, they believe what they hear. And, uh, you know, the media uh, chooses what they want us to know about any individual. And um, we experience it locally. We experience it on a national level. Uh, they choose the stories. Uh, they, they, they choose the twist, the stories, and sometimes out and out lies that they, that they uh, want us to hear to shape our values. And, uh, and we just have a lot of spiritual leaders that are absolutely 100% convinced they are right, and they've just been fed lies. And uh, we, just, we just have to get better at the discernment thing. You know, we do. Well, I know you, you and Donald Trump have a lot in common. <laughs> you guys, uh, you you get a lot of fake news thrown your way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, true. people people don't know, a lot of people don't know. I came from Reading uh, and was a part of Bethel Church for close to twenty five years before we just moved here to Texas last summer. But some of the things that I see going around about Bethel Church, uh, it's just fake. It's just out outright fake news and coming from yeah. people that have never been, have never spent any time, haven't ever heard you share a message, share anything. I found myself so many times trying to wake people up and speak the truth. And it's like the same thing that happens with the president. It's all this fake news out there. So you're in good company in that regard, but uh, shed some light on us, if you would, about the tactics, what, what you feel, the tactics, both spiritually and politically. I know you, you've broken down before the tactics of the enemy spiritually uh, and in the church and, and the differences between uh, what, what us as believers should be looking at and hanging our heart on uh, open that up a little bit. If you could just the tactics of the enemy and why he'll do that and how believers can fall, can succumb to, to believe in just outright lies. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things involved. Primarily it comes down to the enemy always wants to take me into unbelief. Anxiety and fear can can do that, and so they will. Uh, the The enemy creates fear over anything. Uh, COVID, uh, an unnecessary unnecessary fear over somebody being elected. It's uh, so much is done in the political arena in reaction to fear, and uh, and the 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 enemy's agenda is a fear based agenda, and uh, and unfortunately, many believers will think they are actually involved in discernment when they move in fear. And mm. it's not that uh, fear masquerades as wisdom. Often, uh, fear wow. uh, fear will attract whatever information is necessary to legitimize its existence. It will always attract <laughs> the information to establish and le legitimize its existence. Jealousy. Fear will feel. Fear will attract the information that will legitimize its existence. Yeah, yeah. The, it attracts the information needed to legitimize its existence. And jealousy does the same, and so does bitterness. Uh, the, it always, a bitter person will always increase in information the longer they walk in bitterness to justify their, their, their response. So what we have to do as believers is we have to honestly move in the spirit of Christ. Easy to say, but the challenge is, see, 
uh, for example, abortion is absolutely wrong. It's absolutely yeah. wrong. So the enemy knows he can't get me to support abortion. So what will he try to do? He will try to get me to move outside of the spirit of Christ in my opposition of abortion. In other words, I, I pick up his tactics to fight something on his terms. Does, does that make sense? Where yeah. you, you actually lose the wisdom of God. You lose the, the, uh, the tenacity, but also the graciousness that is needed to bring uh, change and transformation. And so the enemy, if he can't get me to shift my position, he'll try to get me to overextend my position where it becomes a soulish exp expression instead of a legitimate expression of Christ. And so we, ju we just have to become, honestly, it sounds oversimplified, but we have to become more familiar with the presence of the Holy Spirit and know when we've overstepped and when we've understepped. And uh, that's really the challenge, I think. Uh, unpack this a little bit more, if you will. I, you know, I wrote a chapter in my book. Uh, I'm a conservative Christian because I didn't know there, were, but I didn't know there was any other kind. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the one of the strongest heartbeats for me to su have supported this president and to side with the Republican Party over never having voted for Democrat, the Democrat Party is because simply because of their platform. It's a part of their party's platform that abortion is okay anytime. Uh, for any reason, and now up to any point during the pregnancy, and now they're even talking about infanticide. But how in the world can any believer? And I've heard this from I've heard this from Christians that are friends of mine that say, "Well, uh, you know, the fact that I support this person, even though that's a part of their platform that it's abortion, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm still not a Christian." And while I understand grace, and I understand we're not, you know, we're, we're not perfect individuals. What I don't understand is how something that should be so simple, abortion, very bad, right? It's murder, yet a believer is okay with it. How can believers be okay with supporting a platform that supports abortion or can they, or should they not? Just should it be that simple or is it, is it just me? Well, it, it's, it's hardness of heart, you know, it, it's, mm. It's some things just don't bother us anymore that would in our innocence. Mm. Um, life sometimes just hardens us. Uh, sometimes we we have we actually have to justify our embracing a lie to legitimize our hostility towards another political person or party. And so we actually embrace wow. a lie and justify it. It's the only way. You know, some some believers are actually bitter. You know, they're bitter at Trump or whoever. But there's Christians that are bitter at Biden, and they will they will do uh, whatever they can to legitimize that that bitterness and call it a different name. And uh, and it's just it's not okay. And so we just really really need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit to become resensitized what he what is valuable to him. Because uh, my opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. It's, they're worthless. What does God say? What does he think? And then me learning to follow Christ and to emulate the best I know how what he says and does. And um, that's that's the life of a disciple. And mm -hmm. uh, we, we cannot hold to lies to legitimize our, our, our resentment, our bitterness, our hostility. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a violation of the Holy Spirit who lives in us and hardness of heart will lead us there all the time. Hardness of heart, you know, that uh, that hit me right in my in my spirit when you said that how people will hold on to uh, and it'll make them even harder to hold on to the bitterness and hold on to the resentment just because yeah. they've been hurt. 
because uh, somebody hurt them, somebody, a friend, a family member, somebody you know in, in the church hurt them and then they'll hold on to it. Uh, I think we need that so much right now, like never before in our country. We need believers that uh, understand that that hardness of heart is something that can keep us from actually hearing the voice of God, uh, from hearing and feeling God's presence, and then and then directing our path. What do you think, you know, going into 2021, we've got the pandemic, we've got, uh, you know, the the fear and anxiety that's coming from that. What are you hearing? What are you sharing with those that you're that are that are listening to you are some of the safeguards, things that we can begin proactively putting in place right now for our heart, for our spirit to have to have a victorious, to have a good uh, 2021? Well, we have to return to hope. Um, so many, uh, you know, let's be honest, so many people, believer and non, are filling their hearts and minds with continuous bad news. Mm. And it has an effect on us. Words are seeds. And uh, the, the words you dwell on are, are going to grow the plants. That are, they're, they're going to affect the garden of your own soul. And um, just being unwilling to entertain certain ideas, certain thoughts, certain values is critical for me. I have to know what to not just deny, but to not uh, voluntarily uh, subject myself to. It's it's critical that I that I take on that aggressive role to protect my heart from what I hear, and so hope is huge. Hope is um, hope uh, um, hope is what reveals um, reveals our approach to life. Because if it's anything apart from hope, then we're entertaining a lie. And any view of tomorrow that has no hope, any view of any situation, whether it's a political situation, whether it's ecological, economic, doesn't matter what it is. If I don't have hope, then I'm under the influence of a lie. And I've got to find out what that is and honestly deal with it, replace it with what God says. And so I would say to you, to all the those who are watching, be careful to what you entertain. Be very mm-hmm. deliberate in what you will uh, welcome into your soul. And uh, for me, I continuously reveal, uh, review uh, God's promises over my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, there I wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, sometimes I'll go downstairs and, and I just open up uh, the word of God. I open up the records I have of promises God has given me. And I review them because I can't afford to think about me and my future independent of what God says mm-hmm. about my future. Um, I can't afford to have a thought in my head about me that he doesn't have in his head about me. And so that's why I stay close to the promises. So good. I, I know over the years you've talked about your uh, water watering hole verses, yeah. uh, place, verses that you go to that just are, are good, refreshing water. Well, can you give us an example of one or two of those that, okay. uh, that you're going to right now? Yeah, uh, the 34th Psalm is a, uh, I consider our family psalm. And so uh, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It goes on from there, and it just establishes uh, the, the life of a believer and what it is to walk in the fear of God, what it is to live in a place of tenderness. So I review that. Uh, Psalms 127 and 128 are both great promises of God for my family. And I, uh, I read them every day. I don't, I, don't know that I've, I don't know if I've missed one or two days in the last two or three years. Um, I, I review them continuously. And then there are promises that God has just given me about my family, uh, 
my children, my grandchildren. So I like to review them. I like to pray them. I actually will take um, a little abbreviation of promises that God has given me and put them on my iPad. I have a list of them, and I just I'll walk around the house or on our property and just pray them and uh, and remind the Lord. Not that he needs reminding. He just likes me to be in a place where I'm aware of his covenant. I'm aware of his promise. And so that's what I do. I, I, I just bring those before him. Yeah. It's, I love that. Love that. And I, and I love uh, not giving away too much. Hopefully everybody wrote those Psalms down and they can go read them for themselves. And I love how you say, pray the word, uh, you know, pray those promises. We should, we should know what our Papa God, you know, thinks about us, says yeah. about us. And, and like you say, we can't afford to have a thought in our head that he doesn't have in his about us. Right. Uh, let me go back a little bit because there's something that's not really finished yet. I think in the heart's of so many people. We had Black Lives Matter that just absolutely erupted this year like never before. We had so many pastors and leaders that I felt were missing it. Again, I'm not I'm not a pastor. I'm not a part of the clergy. I'm not a part of the church in that way. I'm a part of the body of Christ. Uh, I'm more of a mouthpiece over here is where God's put me. But I felt like there were so many pastors that were absolutely missing it that were bowing to this thing that's trying to say, okay, we've got to, to me, it was more patronizing to say, okay, we've got to identify black folks. We've got to acknowledge that they've been wronged hundreds of years ago. We've got to acknowledge that. And we've got to do something to start making them feel better about it. So many pastors were, uh, and big time leaders in the church were pushing for this type of uh, reconciliation thing. When I'm like, hey, I grew up in a, a mixed race church. I never felt anything from anybody. And we're all, aren't we all spirit beings first? Where do you think believers, where do you think leaders missed it on the whole Black Lives Matter thing? It, it, and again, my opinion, but where do you think they missed it? And what do you think was the trick of the enemy using that organization? What do you think his intention was? Well, that's a huge subject. Um, that, that's a tough one to handle in a few minutes. I think, uh, you, you know, I, I do agree with you completely. I do think so many have fallen into a patronizing Thing that just it doesn't it doesn't fix the problem. If it fixed the problem, you know, let's just kind of wade through it. And, and but it doesn't. It extends the problem. It accentuates the problem. It doesn't fix anything. And I, I think what it comes down to is, as many of us as pastors uh, are wanting to make sure that the black community understands we have great value, mm. great value for the black community. What, what I don't want to do is overemphasize the black community where I began to create another kind of racism, yes. racism against other races. I just, I, I, I want to treat equally and honorably. Um, I, as you know, I have tremendous value for diversity. Uh, unity is not even healthy without diversity. And so I, I love the uniqueness of the various cultures. You know, if we're going to be really honest, one of the most abused cultures in our world is the Native American. Mm. Um, they, uh, you know, the 300 and some covenants, contracts that our government made with the Native, Native Americans. And so Benny and I have a very close relationship there where we've been working to uh, bring reconciliation. We bring support to our local Native tribes. And, and it's just the, the point is, is that we really do want to celebrate and honor each culture, each group of people. And so many pastors, I, I myself have said, our black lives matter. And it's absolutely true. Black lives do matter. Yeah. White lives, brown lives, yellow lives. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But, but I don't mind emphasizing, as long as it doesn't deter the focus of what God's called me to do. 
it, it, I want to use what God's called me to do to enhance the black community and to to serve them, to honor them. We we have a, a night where the black community takes us through black history, and it's it's very informative, very helpful. Uh, the, our entire church just, uh, uh, you know, everybody that can crowd into the room just celebrates the, the beauty and the brilliance of, of what they have to share with the rest of us. Um, so on one hand, I, I want to do all I can to support the black community. I also want to support the the Asian, the Hispanics, who have been very despised, especially in California. I grew up in Southern California uh, a lot, and and there was a lot of rejection there, uh, the Native Americans. So the list goes on and on. Right. We have a lot of relationships to repair and to give honor to. What I don't want to do is to create the illusion that I'm in support of an organization that is an antichrist organization. I don't, I don't support that. And, uh, and so it's, it's hard, you know, it's challenging. It's, it's challenging to be able to make a statement that encompasses all that you want to say because you, you just don't always have the time. So I tell folks, listen, follow us for a season and see how we do. It's not going to come out clearly in one message. It's yeah. not going to be a meme that I put on you know, social media. It's, it's, it's done in life. It's how we do, do life together. And that's really how we bring healing to this issue and countless others. It's just doing life together in a truly loving, serving manner. Friends, I've got to tell you about a very good friend of mine, Mike Lindell, and his amazing products. Are you kidding me? Not only does this brother have amazing products, but he loves my show. He is one of my first sponsors, my biggest sponsor. He absolutely loves everything that I do, all the truth that I bring. But more importantly, for you, friends, I love his pillow topper. His mattress topper is second to none. We moved recently, and we did not put our mattress topper, our my pillow mattress topper, on our mattress uh, the first night that we moved in, the the next morning, my wife and I both looked at each other and said, we've got to put our mattress topper on. It is like having a whole new mattress. And I, I got to tell you, to be honest, our mattress was pretty expensive. We got it at a good price, but we already had a very expensive mattress. Our mattress topper from MyPillow, it's a, it's a game changer. We sleep so well, so sound and so comfortably, and we wake up feeling refreshed. Use the code David at MyPillow.com and you'll save 30% off his mattress topper and you'll get two free MyPillow towels. You'll get two of those. No, not his towels. You'll get his pillows. I'm sorry. You'll get two free MyPillows with the purchase of your mattress topper. So whether it's the towels, I love his towels as well. I love his sheets. I didn't think I could love sheets so much, but I absolutely love Mike's sheets. Whether it's the sheets, the towels, or the topper, you'll save up to 60% depending on what you get. When you use the code David, my name, David, at MyPillow.com. So get there right after the show. Use the code David at MyPillow.com. You'll not only be blessing yourself with amazing products, but you'll also be supporting my show. So I, I'm thankful that you said and bold enough to say, you know, the and I believe if I understood you correctly, just being pretty uh, blunt, the Black Lives Matter organization, not the statement, not the phrase, but the organization uh, is anti-Christ in nature. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely is. And you can look and, you know, find a redemptive part and, and that's fine. But the overall beginnings of that organization scares me, scares me. And I, I, I don't want to do anything I can to lend that. But it's really tough because they've made us their, their whole existence is based on a statement that is absolutely true. Right. Black lives matter. And I want, I want everybody around me to know. You know, this is important to me. 
this particular group of people. I don't want to isolate them in a way that creates another bias, but I, I do want to isolate them in a way that gives honor because some of them have suffered so much just hearing the stories of, you know, the backgrounds and all. It's just, it just makes, it grieves you that some of these things could actually happen in a free country. Yeah. And, and they have, and I, I don't want to make excuses. I want to own up to anything that we are responsible for as a nation. But at the, at the same time, at some point we have to, we have to move forward in a cooperative way. And, yes. uh, and it's, it's, it's got to go both ways, you know. Um, I want to give honor and I don't demand it, but it's, it's what makes a healthy relationship is that it goes both ways. Yes, 100% agree. Where, where do you think moving forward the church needs to focus on? If we wind up with a Joe Biden presidency, um, I personally really truly feel that the First Amendment will be under, under attack. The Second Amendment, I know you're a big hunter. Uh, that'll be under attack as well. Um, I really am fearful of, and I'm trying to not operate in a, in a spirit of fear, obviously, but just more aware, but I'm very aware of the fact that the, from what I've seen, Democrat politicians, uh, the people that Joe Biden is putting in his, uh, is, is selecting to be a part of his cabinet and his administration looks like Obama 3.0. Um, and I, I'm very fearful that they're going to, you know, clamp down like Gavin Newsom has, like so many of these Democrat governors and mayors where they're targeting churches, they're saying, hey, the liquor stores, the weed dispensaries, they can stay open in California. The strip clubs can stay open, but churches have to shut down. Yeah. Where have, have believers, have too many believers allowed the church, the, the government to take the responsibility and, and take the place of where our faith should be? Uh, and where, and, and what, what should we be pushing for in 2021? Well, first of all, we've got to get back to praying. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, it, it comes to us to pray through this season uh, with great humility and in great repentance. Uh, we've got to pray about these things, and we've got to. Uh, secondly, we've got to stop the nonsense that Christians involved in government is is uh, is not spiritual. Yes, um, we have to erase the line between secular and sacred. Um, we've created a special class for pastors and spiritual ministry, and everybody else is not. And it's just not true. Once you're a believer, everything you're involved in is as unto the Lord. And one of the greatest responsibilities we have, especially in a republic like ours, is personal responsibility for how things go. And, uh, and this, uh, the, the enemy has lulled us to sleep as the church mm. in our personal responsibility for government. And, uh, you know, we're called all kinds of names, nationalistic and all kinds of nonsense. Uh, who cares what they call us? We have to take responsibility. Yes. And, and part of that means we start planning now. I, I felt a few years ago, we've got like 20 years to restore this nation, what God intended. And largely through the judicial process and through the educational system. We've got to have professors that think kingdom. We've got to have people that are training and making decisions, for example, in the judicial process that have the laws of God established in their heart and not this nonsense that gets created to replace the laws of God. Right. And, uh, and we've, we've just got to take it to heart. It's a, this is happening on our watch. It's not a compliment to our generation to have this nonsense happen on our watch. It's insanity 
to uh, uh, not allow a child to take an aspirin at school without calling parents, but allowing them to have a sex chain or change or an abortion or all this other nonsense. It's, it's the spirit of insanity that is being promoted as logic and reason. And it's not. And it's got to be confronted on our knees first, but then through participation. You know, the protest banners, I, I'm fine with it, but it doesn't accomplish that much. We've mm-hmm. got to get involved in the system. You know, we've got to be the Daniel in Nebuchadnezzar's palace. We've got to be Joseph in in the in the, the Pharaoh's household. You know, we've, we've got to be inside the systems as loving servants of God, not you know, not trying to take over. It's uh, we we make the mistake sometimes of thinking uh, we're serving God when we try to take control of stuff. Our strong suit mm-hmm. is service, and if my servanthood gets me promoted to where I'm in charge. Fine. Just remember what got me there. It was serving. Yes. And, uh, and that, that's what we've got to do. So we've got to stop the nonsense that uh, that politics is, is secular and uh, we're not to be involved. That's absolutely a lie from hell. And mm. it's not how this nation started, I'll tell you. Uh, it would be a, a great service to our country if we just had teachers and professors that actually taught American history for yes. real, what actually happened. Um, it was started by in many cases, men and women of God that just wanted a fresh start, uh, not living under the control uh, of, of ideals that were not consistent with the kingdom. That's how the country was born. We've got to return to what got us here. I agree. I agree. I I, I think that's the only thing that will uh, move our country back towards the, it's the original intent of our founding fathers. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, understanding that there is a will of, uh, of an enemy that works through people to yeah. try to bring about the absolute destruction. I mean, they, they want to, you know, bring in socialism. The communism's on, uh, you know, as a big brother to socialism, uh, be total control for our country. And uh, it'd be devastating. Uh, a couple one one last question that I want to hear your final thoughts on something. We've seen an ample amount, I believe from what I've seen from friends of mine that are working on this directly, Jenna Ellis is working with Rudy Giuliani, uh, the Amistad project, Phil Klein is working uh, to expose a lot of the fraud that's, that's taken place. Do you think your, your own heartbeat, where do you think that this election, where do we think we missed it? Do you think that it was, there's fraud that took place? Do you think that 80 million people really voted for, for Joe Biden? What's your personal uh, feeling on the issue? 100% confident. It was done by fraud. I don't have any question. It, it is, it is as obvious as the nose on my face. Hmm. It, uh, and, and we just we need to pray. We need to pray for the Lord to expose, expel, and break. Hmm. Expose what's happened. Expel, cast it out, and break it so it doesn't return. Um, and it's on both sides of the aisle. This isn't just a democratic issue. This is there is uh, there has been. A real manipulation of the system on both sides, and we've just we we need to come clean and get a fresh start to this thing. But I I, I have zero question, but that uh, fraud is involved in this thing. And secondly, not only pray, uh, we've got to pray for our Supreme Court. They have to have the courage to make the right decision, because right now they're they're under the fear of uh, of being responsible for a civil war. And, uh, and and that needs to be of concern to be another prayer matter. Mm-hmm. But we, we can't be held captive by those who threaten violence. Uh, we have to come 
clean with the will of God for a nation and make clear decisions. So we've got to pray for these that are making the decisions that they will have the conviction. You know, you know, the Bible talks clearly about uh, praying for the, like the prophetic voice, the godly counsel in the halls of the king. That's what establishes a throne in righteousness. And that's what we need. We just need godly counsel in every place where decisions are made. Expose, expel, and break. You know, the new date is January 9th. The electors, uh, you know, on the 14th have uh, certified states certify the electors. But January 6th, uh, December 14th, January 6th is going to be when Congress will actually open up those votes and look at it. We've got to be praying for the exposing, expelling, and the breaking of the plans of the enemy. Because I really cannot see God allowing, I personally cannot see God allowing that kind of fraud that I 100% agree with you. There's absolutely no way that Joe Biden got 80 million votes. There's no way that, that Donald Trump did not win this election. There's fraud that's rampant. Uh, I can't see God allowing that to happen in our country because I think that if they if they win this way, what won't they do? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's really the end of an era if uh, if this isn't overturned. And it's not just a Trump versus Biden thing. It's right. a, it's a how. What do we value in the election process? As a republic, there has to be equal, fair representation. And it's, it's, it's not there if, if this is allowed to stand. So we've really got to pray for real clarity of heart and mind for all of those who serve us in their positions of responsibility. Yeah. I think that's I think that sums it all up. Final words, Bill. Mm-hmm. I so appreciate having you on today. Uh, so many nuggets in this. I remember I used to write down your nuggets from church and comprise like, hundreds of them. I think now you have a book, Bill's Nuggets, but uh, um, final thoughts, Bill, what should believers be doing? Obviously pray, pray that exposing takes place, it takes place, expelling and breaking. Um, What else is on your heart? What is God speaking to you that you can share with us? Well, uh, the main thing for me is I, I have to keep in mind, God has an answer in his mind for every human dilemma. Mm. If it's ecological, if it's economic, if it's a relational thing, if it's a disease, doesn't matter what it is. He already has an answer in his mind. And he has set those answers aside for those who will seek him. And so we can't face the day as though we are lost in this, uh, this great puzzle that can never be repaired. No, he already has the pieces in place. He just needs those who are willing to seek his face, mm. to abandon our own agendas, yield to his to see those purposes accomplished. So we, we just have to live with the understanding, the hope and the understanding. God knows what he's doing. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to yield to him to see his purposes accomplished in the earth. Wow. Well, that's what we're going to hang our hat on. That's what we all need to do. Every believer watching this, you need to hang your hat on that. You need to seek God. We need to ask for yeah. him to expose the lies. We need to, We on both sides, I, I agree 100%. Uh, I'm actually one of the silver linings, uh, Bill, that I felt like God spoke to me was I'm glad we didn't wake up on November 4th to hear Donald Trump as our president, because had we, we wouldn't know about this rampant systemic fraud that's been taking place all throughout our country. Uh, so I believe that that uh, we're in a fight to expose it. But I also believe that we will get to hear uh, and still President Donald J. Trump. <laughs> I'm with you 100%. Count me in. Awesome. Well, Papa Bill, I like to say, because you've been a father-like mentor to me for so many years, thank you so, so much 
for taking some time out to hop on and share with us what uh, what's on your heart and mind. And so appreciate yeah. you, so respect you, and honor you. Thanks. It's a great privilege. So proud of you, too, how God's using you. It's beautiful. Love you much. Thank you. Love you, Bill. Say hi yeah. to Benny for me. Yeah, I certainly will. All right. Bless you. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you, too. Uh, yeah. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, bless you. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Friends, there you have it. I think that the message, the nuggets in there are something that every single one of our friends and family needs to hear. Please share this message, spread the podcast around, spread the video around. Believers like never before need to pray, need to pray that God exposes, expels, and then breaks the plans of the enemy to try to steal this country from all of us. That's what we need to do. God bless you. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show.